the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here's your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Yes, 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 my friends. Hello there, my Come Together San Diego-ites. <laughs> We've got some fun things going on, but also some very urgent things that are going on in, you know, we pay attention to what's going on in San Diego County and beyond. So we try to bring guests and co-hosts in that can be salient to those uh, topics. And uh, sadly, there's a topic that's going on in San Diego County that many, many, many people know absolutely nothing about, and uh, they proclaim innocence. But if you look deeper in the sex trafficking uh, category, you'll find out that San Diego is perhaps one of the most prolific sex trafficking uh, cities and counties in the United States. So we're going to take a look at that. And I want to introduce my co-host for this first hour. Her name is Mary Benny Williams, and she's a co-pastor of Fountain Flow Ministries in El Cajon. Mary Benny, how are you? I am very, very good, Chase, for having me here. I'm excited. Yes, we're going to have, but we're going to have, I want you to pay close attention to the things that uh, Mary Benny is going to be sharing with you. These are things that would be typically under the radar, but uh, San Diego's uh, in a severe environment where sex trafficking can be very prolific. And Mary Benny, the um, strip clubs throughout the county may be conduits for this sex trafficking, and you go into these places and you minister to people there to kind of change the flow of evil history, don't you? Absolutely, um, which was not, uh, I was not interested to go in. I When God started speaking to me to go in, I said, God, send anybody, not me, <laughs> like Jonah, send anybody, not me. Yes. Well, but, but let me just say one thing, by the way. You and your husband are co-pastors of a ministry in El Cajon called Fountain Flow Ministries. Is that right? Correct. And so some of this is happening through your ministry there, and you're actually acquiring your teams, and you're just absolutely yes, going yes. out and causing a havoc to the havoc causers. Yes. I love it. Continue. So we have, my husband and me, uh, we have a ministry known as Fountain Flow Ministries International and we have churches around 240 plus churches across the world, India, Nepal, Bangladesh, Pakistan, Congo, Uganda. And these are the some of, and U.S., some of the places we have churches and orphanage and school for the slum kids. And also we have a anti-sex slavery ministry in all these countries that 13 and a half years ago I started when the Lord first sent me to in India to go into the brothel into the brothels, uh, yes. Uh-huh, and to deal with the biggest mafia that was handling India, Nepal, Bangladesh, and Thailand. Oh, my, my. And sex trafficking. You know, we, 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 we look at it and we say, you know, that's terrible in all these other countries. Look, home, look at the homestead that's happening in San Diego County very prolifically, is it not? Absolutely. Sadly. California has always topped. 
the uh, in, in the regard, you know, sex slavery in all over the uh, state in U.S. San Diego and California is always the top, and city of San Diego is also always on the top. And people said, "Oh, the the women are being brought in from another country." I said, "No, no, no, no. I believe people when they told me because I'm not from this country, but it's a lie." The The women that are in the strip club are women that are born and brought up in this country. Well, and we're, I, I want you to give me some insights on what you know what that may look like from from a young lady's standpoint. They may you know need a few bucks here and there, and so they enter into this industry, and all all of a sudden, other people have ulterior motives, and things can happen. Yes, the um, the first women that uh, I met was she went. Into this because she was promised she she got forty k forty thousand k at an age when she was seventeen. So for that age, forty thousand is a big money. So she took that. She traveled the world. When she got back after more than a year, she thought that those people who had given her money must have forgotten about her. She said, "Oh no, they don't. No, it's more than a year. They don't know about me. They have never contacted me." She came back thinking that she will start her life. The moment she got back, they got her, and she started working in one of the strip club for years and years and years and years, and that's how we helped her. Oh my my! So a lot of these young ladies, uh, they enter the strip club industry after they've been trafficked, or yeah. no, even before they're trafficked, they yes. they give them some of them they get lump sum money, uh-huh. big money, and they thought that somebody is helping me with this money to fulfill my dream of traveling the world. So they get it, and those people don't get in touch with them till they come back to the country. Oh my. But the moment they come back to the country, I say, "Hey, you owe money now. You work for us." Oh, and then work for us is yes. the phrase that they use for yes. trafficking. Yes. Oh my goodness. Well, not only do we need to be prayerful about this, which is going on, but you have uh, developed a team to actually go into these strip clubs and get these young ladies. Out of this, and, and I'm gonna have, we're gonna spend. We've only got about three minutes left in this segment. Um, Mary Benny Williams with the ministry called Fountain Flow Ministries in El Cajon, but uh, we're gonna spend some time digging into what this looks like and why, and how our listeners can help at least be aware of these kind of things so they can interact in a number of ways. And you're going to give some insights on that before we go any further. Why don't you give a website or phone number or ways that people can get a hold of you and find out more about this one-to-one. Okay. Very so funny. my website for anti-human trafficking is called Miklak, the Miklak project San Diego. It says from slavery to safety. So if you can go to my website, the Miklak, M-I-Q-L-A-T, the Miklak project or my phone number is Six four six seven two four three eight five one. Okay, say that again. Okay, it's called the Miklat Project. Project M I C. No M I Q. M I Q. That's right. M I Q L A T. Miklat Project okay. is the Miklat is a Hebrew word. It's shelter or hope. Okay. Yeah. So go in and check out my details, my website, and also my phone number is six four six seven two four. Three eight five one. The Miklak Project is a non-profit, non-religious organization. Okay, it's a five hundred one c three. Five hundred one c three. Okay, we've got about two or three minutes left in this segment. Kind of give an overview. We're going to cover a number of different things in this one hour, mm-hmm. and I want you, my listening friend, to pay close attention because San Diego 
you know, it's been called a number of things. One is the unconventional city when a convention was not able to come here. And, but it's probably one of the most beautiful uh, cities in America, no question about it. And no we question, are no. a bit naive, a lot naive on some of the things that are going on behind the scenes, not only in the, the, uh, the sex uh, trafficking industry, but in education and um, in uh, medicine and I mean, and uh, and government related things, uh, so many different things going on beneath the surface. This, my friend, is your wake-up call to find out what's going on so you can involve yourself at least in prayer, but maybe more. And I think uh, Mary Benny's going to talk more to us about that. So a parting thought or two. We have about a minute or so left in this segment. Just an encouragement about this or how people... This is what I want to tell everybody that's listening to me. Every time uh, when the Lord told me to go into the strip club, people told me, oh, why do you want to go? The women out there are on their own by their choice. They want to make money. Why? 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 Till you go in. People will tell that water is too hot till you go in and put your feet into it. You don't know whether the water is hot or cold. I went and put my feet into the strip club. Then I realized most of the women at the strip club are not there by choice. Did you say most? Is that an an honest? uh, Honest. Most women are not there by choice. Somewhere, somewhere they've been hooked on to by some people. And you go in and try to talk to those girls. There's some at least seven, eight eyes, you know, looking at you when you are talking to that. Then that shows that somebody is, you know, you know, looking. Yes, and have yeah, this, uh, hand over motive. them. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm, absolutely. Mm-hmm. You know, in the next segment, I, I think we're going to spend some time discussing the connection between strippers and trafficking and how mm-hmm. they get all caught up. You just gave, gave an overview mm-hmm. uh, on that, Marabini Williams. Um, Fountain Flow Ministries in El Cajon. You just kind of scratched the surface. We're going to dig more deeply into this. And my friend, I hope this is going to um, inspire you not only to pray with targeted prayers, but there may be some things that you can do to help uh, Mary Benny Williams and the Fountain Flow Ministries and others that are doing similar things to get these women out of this environment. Because you're dealing with people that have uh, evil intentions and uh, God is bigger than that, and God wants to use his kids to do things that are bigger than that as well. So, Mary Benny Williams of Fountain Flow Ministries and I are going to talk more about these things when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Hello, my friends. Yes, indeed. This is a stirring topic that needs full attention of the prayer warriors in San Diego County. And uh, look in the mirror. You were one of them. And not only prayer, but uh, declarations about what God uh, is desiring to do. And he's going to use you in one or more ways, no doubt about it, because these poor women that are involved in this um, in the strip club industry and you know in the sex trafficking, uh, they're they're stuck, they're stuck. And I'll, uh, one of the things I, my my co-host for this first hour is Mary Benny Williams, and they have a ministry called Miklat, the Miklat Project. Yeah, the Miklat Project. And, and uh, I mean, this is this is heartrending heartrending but it's you know it's one thing to feel sad and sorry about that but there's another thing to be activated and do something about it so we want to spend this show 
uh, don't we, Mary Benny? Yes. Giving some insight on that. Mary Benny, one of the things that you said when, uh, at, uh, during the break, you said these girls, many of these girls are not there by choice. And to me, you know, you think, you know, these young ladies are thinking that they can make some money to go to, go to school or some other thing like that. But a lot of these young ladies are there not by choice. Absolutely, because... Um as we start going in into this different strip club, the girls that we meet, they keep, you know, we meet, they keep changing what they tell us, you know, like this week, if we go in, they say, we will meet this particular girl and she will say, hey, I'm here because I want to earn money and pay for my this fees of college. Next week, when we go in, the same girl change the topic that I'm here because of the, like. But I was like, I will look at them. So I didn't tell I don't tell them. But in my heart, mind, I was like. But last week you said something and now you're changing. And their name keeps changing every week too. Their names? Yeah. <laughs> every week they have different names. Oh my. Because oh my they're name. hiding their identity, you know. And they have been brought... Actually, maybe some of them I was told by a few ladies that they come in just to earn a few bucks, you know, quick. Mm, quick dollars. But once they come in, they get trapped into it. Oh my. And, I, you know... I don't know for sure, but there's probably at least dozens of strip clubs throughout San Diego County. Quite a lot of them that you, I myself have even gone in to quite a lot of them. And you had mentioned uh, on during the break that some of these are actually not formal strip clubs. These are just yes. places where people go. Yeah, it's like a, a not recognized, I will say, by the county as a strip club. But I was told that they also run like a strip club under the carpet. But nobody does anything to them. Oh, my, my, my. So what would you like to talk about uh, in this segment? Let's talk about the process uh, of these of these girls and uh, how they, some of them may just go in thinking they're going to make a few dollars. But yes. So what, what are the logistics? What does this look like? And how, how do they, they all, all of a sudden realize they've been hooked and reeled in? So uh, some of the girls that we met, you know, they go in as young, very, very young, you know, and they are not even... Uh, Adult, you know, so like you're saying these are minors. Minors, they go in just to earn few bucks, and they they don't even. We met some girls, and they told us that they don't tell the parents that they are going. Obviously, no parents will say yes if they say they are going to go to the strip club and dance, and they say that oh, we are going to go and hang out with our friends, sleep over in our friend's house, yes. you know, and they mm. go to the strip club to earn few bucks so that they can do something, you know. That's what we were told by the girls. And once they get going in, they get hooked on to it. Maybe somebody will come in and they said, hey, if you want to work for, we will send you to this state, you know, one of the, you know, uh, um, very prominent place here. It's That's the epicenter for the, <coughs> excuse me, that's the epicenter for the strip clubs. So if you go there, you will get this much money. And these young girls, they get, okay, just for two weeks to go and work there, I don't have to work for a year. Oh, my. That's how they say, get excited, and they go there, and then it gives on, it gives on aiding, and before they realize they are hooked on to, and now these people have all the detail, even if they want to leave, Mm. they cannot leave. Oh, my, my. So let's talk a little bit about your team. Now, uh, I... Is this a handful of young ladies that go in there? You and you and a- not just only young. I have a woman that is like almost <laughs> like I want to say the age. No, don't you dare! <laughs> don't you dare! But 
older than okay. younger ladies. <laughs> Over, yes. Yeah. I, I only take ladies because I wouldn't like to take men to go into the strip club where, you know, because we go, be we go into the strip club where the, uh, the strip club, there are different type of strip club. One is like uh, half nude and one is fully nude. So I wouldn't like to take men into the strip club. But, you know, it's just amazing how the, when the Lord starts speaking to me to go into the strip club, he told me, I, I, they said, the Lord told me that you need to go. We, you, you, you guys have been praying for revival in this country, revival in this state, revival in this city, but you are not willing to go to the ends of the earth. And I told God, how can you say that I'm, I'm not willing to go? I have been to the ends of the earth. I have been to all the continents of the earth, except the you know undertaker where the banquets don't need me. What are you talking about, God? But God said, no, that's not what I'm talking about. The ends of the earth for me is to strip clubs. Oh it's my. like in the pits of hell, those women are the men. Men who even go there, you need to go in because they are not going to come to the church. You need to go. And that's how I will. When you do that, I will send revival. Then that's how I went in. Oh, my. Oh, my. So, so I'm, I'm interested to know, you know, how do they let you in or why do they let you in? If you're, if you're going into these strip clubs to talk to the girls, what, what's the motivation for them, a, a strip club owner or somebody who's a manager, to actually let you guys in and talk to these girls? It's amazing. Um, when we first went into this particular strip club, and uh, um, I decided to go in with a basket full of you know, chocolates, cosmetics, and, you know, cosmetics means good, expensive cosmetics. It's yeah. not like a cheap one. So we went in that, and I just went and told, um, I called in advance, you know, we would like to come in, and can we are allowed to do this? I don't know why this manager have to say yes. He said, yes, you're welcome to come in. And we are allowed to go in into the strip club, not just into the strip club, but into the dressing room where we can meet the girls alone without the clients in the Oh, oh so you're, you're saying that they will actually let you into the dressing or, yeah. pardon me, undressing room. Yeah, undressing room. Yes. Undressing room, not dressing room. Oh, my. <laughs> yes. And where we will keep the basket in front of the girls and we'll tell them, hey, we've come in with a basket full of gifts because you guys are so precious, so pretty, the way God created you, you know, like, and they said... You guys are not judging us. I say, no, who are we to judge you? Oh, my. We, because they think that people are judging them. But we say, we have come in with the love of Jesus Christ. We love you. Now, are their hearts open for that when even when you proclaim yeah, Jesus like, Christ? They, they will just come and hug us. And they said, wow, sure, you are not judging us. I said, no, we are not. But amazing thing, you know, is about uh, the strip club. It's not just the women, even men. Few months ago, we have two men sitting around the what do you call the bar area, the drinking. Mm-hmm. They have drinks in their hand, drinking. Two men accepted Jesus Christ in the strip club. Oh my! Well, there's a <laughs> there's a whole nother harvest for the men that go to those. I places am telling you, thing. when God tells us to go, and we go. Yes. He sends us with His power, and His power is. Great enough to transform anybody. And some of the strip clubs that we go in, the, the managers are so open when we are leaving after we minister to the women and the men, everybody we minister, not just only the women. When we are about to leave, they tell us, when you la- ladies are coming back again, the strip club manager. Oh, is that right? 
They tell us, some of them, not all, some of the strip club manager, they tell us, when your ladies are coming back again. Let me ask you a question. You Now that you've been doing this for some, how long have you been doing this, by the way? Since last year, October. Okay, since you've been doing this, um, how many of these managers do you think that are fully aware of the things that are going on or how many of those are being duped or arm twisted as well? Is it hard I to say? I think all of them knows. Yeah. Because I, I, I don't I don't hide. I don't hide. I tell them that we go in, we are coming in to tell the girls that we love them because Jesus loves them. Oh, my. Absolutely. And, and and the girls are open-hearted on this. And I'm going to have you tell some success stories in a minute, too, in the next segments. I hope you're captivated by this topic. This is not a topic that is covered every day uh, in any way in, in, in newspapers or magazines or broadcasts because it's a difficult topic to deal with between the eyes. And that's what God wants us to do as saints of the Most High God. Go into challenging environments. Don't go in unless Holy Spirit stirs you to go in. You can get yourself into big trouble. But if Holy Spirit is stirring you to go in and giving you his heart to be able to communicate with these girls that can change lives and even all the other people that are attending the place as well. So the, the next segment... Um, Mary Benny, we're going to talk a little bit about parental awareness or unawareness and how that works. My listening friend, you may know or have young girls who are beautiful. You know, your your young girls are beautiful. We know that. But the enemy knows that, too. Mm -hmm. And so there are ulterior uh, strategies going there. And so you're going to share with us maybe some of the stories that the girls tell the parents to get get out and get to do these things. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk more about that. My friend, parental awareness is lacking, is lacking significantly. And uh, Mary Benny, you're going to share some of the telltale signs and things like that Mm -hmm. in the next segment. And then we're going to talk about some success stories. Is that all right? Yes. Okay. Mary Benny Williams, and I'm going to give you the name of the the ministry is called Miklat Project M. M I Q L A T Miklak Project. Yes, yes, yes. I'll get it sooner or later. My listening friend, I hope you're stirred and paying close attention because God may have you do something uh, that's involved in this as well to help save young women and young men. We'll talk more about that and parents too <laughs> when we come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to Come Together San Diego with a, an urgent, let me just say it's an urgent topic, and it's one that uh, people are unaware of in San Diego County, but also in the uh, the state of California, also in other states throughout the United States. What, what can I say? Sex trafficking is real, and it is real in San Diego County. In fact, it's one of the more prolific uh, evil things that are going on in San Diego County. I've got my co-host for this first hour, and she is, her name is, she's a co-pastor of their church. Her name is Mary Benny Williams, and the ministry is called Miklat Project. Isn't that right? Yes. Okay, before we go into this, I need to give you a piece of information for you contacting me, and we will dovetail this with a piece of information that will help you get in contact with Mary Benny. My listening friend, uh, with Come Together San Diego, I bring people in from all different uh, aspects of the body of Christ, and this is something (laughs) that you probably have not even heard before. So my intention is to 
be able to let the body of Christ know in San Diego County and beyond the things that are going on. So we, under the as the body of Christ driven by Holy Spirit, can intervene in these things. So I have a website that you can go to and uh, you know you can email me and say great show or I want to hear more about these kind of things or here I have an idea for a show. It, it, it just simply go to uh, www. Come together San Diego at kprz. dot com. Come together San Diego at kprz. dot com. Drop me a line and give me some insights of what you want to hear, and you may have an idea for a show. I want to hear that as well. So I, I, I want to have uh, Mary Benny. Uh, Williams tell uh, contact information for you. And then we're going to jump into this is a remarkable topic, but also one you need to be aware of. If you're a parent with young kids, you need to be aware of the enemy is trolling for them. And uh, you need, there are some uh, telltale excuses that they use. You want to be aware of those as well. First of all, Mary Benny, why don't you give us a website again? Okay, my website is the Miklak M I Q L A T Miklak Project. The Miklak Project and my phone number is six four six seven two four three eight five one six four six seven two four three eight five one. That's Very good. my ministry. You know, there's a term that we use when people are watching movies and things like that. Parental guidance. Well, this is a time for parental guidance times a million because uh, there are things. You know, you 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 think my listening friend, you think you trust your your teenager. Um, and they may say, you know, I'm going to go do this, go do that. And you go, okay, just be in by this time. Or you want to make sure that your friend uh, is available to, for you to spend the night there. Give, give, give us an overview of the parental awareness that is not happening that needs to happen. Mary mm-hmm. Benny. Okay, so we we met some of the girls in the strip club and they told us that uh, because they are minors, so we say, how come you're here? Uh, do you, your parents live here? You say, yes. So do your, your parents know that you are here? Say, no. So how are you here at midnight at 12, one o'clock? Yes. How are you here? So, oh, I told my parents that I will go and sleep over in my friend's house. And so that the, oh, they've made conversation with their friends yes, so that they, and then they come the over to the strip club to dance and earn few dollars and the parents we as a parents are having a good night's sleep thinking that our daughter or our, our son because they even have a, a male strip club we think that our daughter or our son is in their friend's house i'm telling you my dear uh, you know friends my dear parents we need to be smarter at this age, smarter than our kids. Wow. What does what smarter means? You smarter. asking the right questions yeah, and be asking aware? Asking them right questions, not just only asking them right questions. You need to know which friend's house you are going. And you need to have that friend's parent's number so that you can just text and say, hey, you know, my daughter is or my son is spending the night over to your house. Thank you so much for, you know, hosting my son or my daughter. Just send a thank you to that friend's parents. Then you will come to know whether your daughter, or your son is in that house or not. Because if they are not, that's what uh, we met some parents who told us that after we go gave this information to them in the school. They said that's how they found out because all this year they've been trusting their kids. And after hearing me in the school, they texted their friend's parents, thanking them for having their daughter. They said, but your daughter is not here. Oh, my. <clears throat> so th- this is one of the many excuses. And, Absolutely. And, and parents are woefully naive about things like this. G- spend time, you know, we've got a... Uh, 
about five it's minutes. It's just not only naive, but talk we to, are... Talk to, the, talk to the parents right now. Yeah, it's just not only naive, you know, but we are like... We then do overlook, say that, oh, no, we trust yeah, our not kids my daughter, so not much. My son. I mean, anybody will do anything, not my daughter, not my son, because I have brought them up in the ways of God, in the school, and not in, in Sunday school, and we have a family altar. No, I'm telling you, the enemy is smarter than us. He has been from the time of Genesis, from the creation. Yes. He is more smarter than us, so we need to be smarter. And secondly... <clears throat> On our social media with our kids, you need to know who your kids are talking to because these people who get into the social media and they will see your daughter beautiful and they will start talking. And anybody at that young age, all of us have gone through a teenager's life. You know, that you and I didn't become, you know, 30s, 40s, all of a sudden. Oh. You and I have gone through the yes. same. And when we are in that age, somebody say, oh, you are beautiful. Yes. I love you. Yes. We get excited. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This guy, good looking guy, say, I'm beautiful. Oh, my. And that's how they start conversation. And once they start conversation, that guy started grooming. How? He will start sending gifts to that girl. He will start doing this. He will, everything that she loves it, he will start doing it. And after he gets his, her confidence, he will invite her out. And the girls by this time have been in love virtually to this guy. He, she will trust anybody else and go out. That's how they go. That's how they disappear. I, I met the parents, uh, um, a mom who lost her, you know, 14-year-old to a guy who was 19-year-old. Yes. And they have been talking, and they live in a little shady place here. And the boy, will, every second day, send expensive gifts to this girl. Now, did he send them directly to her house? Or did no, he, to the or, house. Or sometimes they do it a different way. They send it no, to No, to the house. Or, to the house. And, you know, the mother was worried, and did, but the mother didn't. Do anything thinking that it'll never go that far. Yes. So one night, the older sister came to the mother and said, my younger sister is disappeared. They started looking for, they started everywhere they could not find. Then they started looking for the social media, you know, Instagram and this and that with whom uh, she has been chatting. Then they found out with whom she has been chatting. They got to know that guy and they trust that guy. And that guy was just 19 years old here in San Diego County, a 19-year-old owned a house of $1.2 million. Oh my, $1.2 million house. I, that should telltale something, shouldn't it? A 19-year-old boy owned that house. Can you imagine? Oh my. So uh, we've got about two or three minutes uh, in this segment, uh, Mary Benny Williams. I want you to talk specifically to the parents right now, and I want you to give them encouragement that God has a solution, but we need to be astute in what's going on because the enemy comes in, and of course, the enemy's going to say, you know, he's going to make things look very enticing, but behind that enticement, there's uh, evil. Yes. I believe, you know, our God is greater than yes. all this. Yes. But you and I, God has given us responsibility as yes. parents. Yes, right. We there's have a, there's to be, a scripture, by the way, that yes. says, be not ignorant yeah, of the yeah. devices of the enemy. Don't we be need to ignorant. Be, yeah, we need to be good steward of our children. You know, don't totally trust them. I 
trust my two kids, my son and my daughter. I love them like crazy. But when it comes to all these things, I don't trust them. They need to let me know when they're going out, with whom they're going out. And if they're going to spend the night, I need to know who. And I know their parents very well. Mm. I know their parents. So out of... You know, nowhere I'll just send them a text. Say, oh, thank you so much for having my son. My son's name is Mishak over to your house. And if he is not there, I'll come to know. But the mother will text me back and say, oh, it was always a pleasure to have your son. My daughter till today, she is 14. I have never sent her out to spend a night anywhere. Oh my, yeah. Never. My son is now 18. He get a chance once in a while, but not often because... I said, when we have our own house, why do you have to go and spend the night in somebody's house? Because their house is not made of gold. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. So, so my listening friend, I, I hope this is stirring you up. We're going to spend some time on some uh, positive stories, some uh, good outcomes here. Yes. And this is going to, you know, we've been pretty heavy in, the, in this content so far, but I want you to know that there is hope. And part of that hope may be the person that you're looking in the mirror and seeing, there's a big thing that you can do as well. Give your website one more time so people can find out more about this and also ask you what maybe they can do as well. Okay, my website is The Miklag Project, M-I-Q-L-A-T Project. You can go there or my phone number is 646-724-3851. And right now, we are waiting on God to give us the money to help two women out of the strip club. I have met them outside. When we are inside, we don't talk anything about all this. But when we meet them outside, we tell them that if they would like to have a different lifestyle, they say yes. So we are praying for these two women And we are praying that God will give us the provision to transfer them to another state where they will have no Mm. trace of this lifestyle anymore. So pray for us for God's provision. You know, it costs money. Yes, yes, yes. We're going to talk more about that, but we're also going to give some uh, good news stories at the end of this. Because there is good news at the end of these stories if we, God's kids, listen and obey. So pastor, co-pastor Murray Benny Williams and her ministry is Miklat Miklat Project. Project. Uh, We're going to talk more about that, but also some good news stories at the end of this when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Come Together San Diego. I'm a commanding topic and one that needs your very, very close attention because this is a topic that we naively say doesn't go on in beautiful San Diego County. Oh, yeah, Uh, in the strip clubs, there's oftentimes a venue for sex trafficking, sadly. And uh, so we've been talking about how the girls get sucked into this. And we've also been talking about how parents get sucked into this innocently as well. So we want to spend a little bit of time, um, Mary Benny um, Williams, and the the ministry is called Miklot. 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 Project. Uh, project. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about the, the good, some of the good things that have transpired here. Um, I'm going to hand it over to you and what tell everybody what they need to hear now because there's a, a, a positive things happening. Mm-hmm. And my listening friend, you can be part of it. 
Mary Betty. Yes, the positive thing that's happening out there is like, as I said in the beginning, when we listen to God and he tells us to go, even even if it is in the darkest place, like strip club, I never never wanted to go in. But when you go in and obey him, he will give us a harvest. Because that's what the word of God said. The harvest is plentiful. But, but the laborers are laborers. few. Nobody's willing to go and harvest. I'm telling you, the women out there are waiting for us for somebody, not only the women, even the men are out there for somebody to go and tell them that Jesus loves them. Yes, and once once they get this message, you can provide a way of escape. Yes. A way of escape. A, a way of coming out. And yes. we go in and tell them that we love them and Jesus loves them. And we meet outside, you know, and get to know them more, hear their story. And we have helped, you know, till from last year... October till today, we have already helped almost seven. And now we are waiting for two more to be helped out of that lifestyle and give them a new lifestyle in Christ Jesus. What is a new lifestyle? What does that mean? See, changing locations? Yeah, changing location. We take them to totally different location where nobody can trust on them because we do things that I cannot tell you here yes. because I don't know who is listening to yes. it. So we cannot yes. tell uh, what we do. But we take them to a place where no can get in touch with them because we we do a stuff that all their history gets erased even oh the names and everything oh gets erased well this is a drastic measure but my friends to get them out of this kind of environment requires a drastic measure yes and so give us an example or two that you would share with us we've got about five or six minutes left in this uh, first hour segment yeah so to take one girl out of this you know we tell them that okay this is what we are going to do we're going to help you if you really want to leave you need to trust us you need to come to the airport and they come to the airport with nothing except their ID. Oh my. Because if you, if they are carrying the huge suitcase, carrying their stuff around, the people will know that they are getting away. Yes. So they have to just come in with a small bag and with their ID. That's it. And because of that, we need, you know, for God to provide us the finances. We immediately, we buy the, the plane ticket. When we take them to another state, you know, from their head to their toes, we buy everything new and we also pay for their uh, the food, the lodging and everything till they started working. Because for a while, we don't let them work Yes. because they need to take out, process themselves with all the hurts, with all the abuses that they've gone through. Yes. So we do that, you know, so that's our ministry does. And God has been mercifully providing. And right now we are really praying for two women to be out very soon. And we don't want to delay because sometimes if we delay taking them out, they also change their mind. Yes. So before they change their mind, yeah, get, you know, out of there. Get, get them out of that place. And we have very good, you know, the girls that we have helped them to get out are doing very well, very well. Very good. Quickly give that website one more time and then I'm going to ask you some more, a few more questions. Yeah. My website is the Miklak, M-I-Q-L-A-D, the Miklak Project San Diego. And my phone number is 646-724-3851. I'm not very good in taking calls, but you can text me. <laughs> Mary Penny Williams. Uh, oh, okay, so how much money does it take to relocate a, a young lady? What, so one of the ways that people can help is make an offering yes. through you. And it, this may help with a, a yeah. trans- transportation ticket. It may help with clothing, uh, any one of a number of things. What does that look like financially? It depends uh, if the women have no uh, primary sickness. 
Okay. Some of them have. Yes. So one of the women that we helped take her out, it costed us almost like $8,000 because that women had lots of things going on in her body. Oh, my. So when we took her out and sent her to another state, all this procedure need to go through. That's how it costed us. Otherwise, it's like like 4000 3000 Yes. Yeah. So if they can communicate with you at this website. Yes. At this website called uh, Miklak, M-I-Q-L-A-D, the Miklak Project, you will get to know more about, and you will help a woman out of this lifestyle, and you are giving them eternity, you know, a total different direction, and maybe you will never be able to see them or meet them, but heaven's gone. When we go to heaven, that women will turn around and say, hey, because of you, I'm here today. Oh, my. Yes, yes. My listening friend, I hope this is stirring you. This is... Uh and under, basically, this this whole industry, they try to be on the sly, basically, mm-hmm. and come in without parents even knowing. So my my listening friend, this may be something, you know, you, you're sitting at home and going, there's credola going on in the, in the earth, and I don't know what to do. This is one of those things that you can do, yes. and you can just partnership either with finances, or there may be some other things yes. that can be happening as well. Uh, finances, or if you have, you know, good cosmetics that is unused, if you have good cosmetic that is unused, not expired, you can even give it to us because we take good cosmetic into this trip club. That's the way we give gifts to them. We give, go in with a basket full of cosmetics, you know, because after they're done dancing, these women, they come down and they go around asking for tips. And we tell them we don't have, but we have this cosmetics. Yes. You can pick it up so you can get in touch with us, you know, because it and some places we also have to pay cover charge. Some of the strip clubs are not free. We have to pay. But I told God that even if I have to pay, I will still pay uh, to go in, to reach out to the women and the men. And I also, if anybody is interested to go into the strip club, you know, I also train. I train myself. I paid money being trained how to go into the strip club, how to do ministry in the strip club, but I train for free. So you guys can get in touch with me. I only don't train free. I invite them to my house, give them a nice Indian meal, good (laughs) dinner, and I train people to go into the strip club. Okay, website one more time. It's called the Miklak Project, M-I-Q-L-A-T project my phone number is 646-724 i have one more thing i want to say yes every time we keep saying these girls are not ours these girls are not us i don't have daughters i don't have these i don't have that but i want to tell you my dear san diegans i want to tell you what kind of legacy you are going to leave behind for our next generation our children our grandchildren our great-grandchildren what kind of legacy we want to leave behind in this country well, that's it, a, the question is yours that's right my, my listening friend i hope you were stirred in this you know what i i got to tell you a little bit about our next hour because they're going to dovetail like you won't even believe uh, i've got a man named uh don envoltsen and i Hope I pronounce that right. He'll harass me in the next hour. I, I know Don Envoltson. He's, he's the author of a book called "The Kingdom from Creation to the Millennium," and his wife and he are also involved in dealing with the sex trafficking industry as well. So I'm if. if Mary Benny, if you'd be willing to stay for the, a portion of the next segment, because I'm sure he's going to say some things that you can have a little 
conversation back and forth, and that could be further inspiration for you, my listening friend. And then we're going to get into the things that are going on uh, in preparation for the fullness of the millennium and Jesus Christ here, and he needs his kids prepared for those times right now. And this component is one of them. So my listening friend, and Mary Benny, thank you for being with me for this first hour. What an inspiration. My friends, one more time quickly, the website. The Miklag Project, M-I-Q-L-A-T Project. You can go there, or my phone number is 646-724-3851. Thank you, and God bless you. Let's be smart. <laughs> yes, that's right. So my listening friends, up next, uh, Don Envoltson, uh, the kingdom from creation to the millennium. He's also going to talk a little bit about the sex trafficking perspective from his point of view and his wife's when we come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to the second hour of Come Together San Diego. But actually, this is not only Coming Together San Diego. This is Coming Together California, Coming Together United States, Coming Together World, basically to come together and stand for godliness in the face of challenges and worse uh, going on in this nation, in this state, in this city and beyond. I want to bring on my co-host for this uh, second hour. His name is Don. Don, you're going to get me on this, because I've but I've been practicing. Ennevoldsen. 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 That's actually pretty good, Kaz. Uh, you, know, you got to say it with a Scandinavian accent. So I tried to. Ennevoldsen. Okay. Ennevoldsen. Okay. Scandinavian. You sure at the end. I think that's what it takes. You know, my listening friend, this is going to be a powerful uh, hour as well, especially because it dovetails very nicely with the topic we talked about uh, yes. in the first First uh, our uh, our co-host for the first hour was, was Mary Benny Williamson, and uh, the the ministry is Me Clot Project. We'll talk more about that because you, Don, you and your wife were involved in so many different things. One of them has to do with sex trafficking from your perspective, and uh, I, I I asked uh, Mary Benny to stay with me on uh, on the first few hi, minutes of this. So say hi to Mary Benny. Mary Benny, say hi to hi. Don Envidson. Don Envidson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't. I don't think I can get through. <laughs> I'll pass. Yeah, I, just, I don't think. Don's fine. Uh, no, it's a pleasure, an honor to be on with you and uh, hearing some of the work that you're doing. It's yes. very important. Uh, so, common denominators, be, uh, Don, and then we're going to dive into some of your yeah. other topics. But I wanted her and you to have a, just a brief conversation, so you can realize, my listening friend, that this is not only a local challenge; it's worldwide, but also in throughout the United States and er, elsewhere. Well, Don. It's worldwide, yes, and and uh, even more than most Christians could ever conceive. They'd be shocked if they knew how prevalent it is, even within the church. Um, you know, my wife Christina, her, she has a website called OvercomingSexualAbuse.com, and her primary focus is not as much on sex trafficking as on healing from sexual childhood sexual abuse. Yes, mm-hmm. but that's important because the the childhood sexual abuse leads. It would lead to it. It's being susceptible to that because the very things that the neglect that happens in the home, the passivity of the parents, the, the, the substance abuse, the things that cause those kids to not be 
cared for the way the kids need to be is what makes them really vulnerable when they get a little older. Yes. So the very things that make them victims there make them victims later. So it's really important to to get at this as early as possible in a child's life and make sure you're protecting them. Yes. But um, the, the, one of the most sobering things that I discovered as I tried to keep up with my wife's research, <laughs> yes. this is primarily her ministry. I, I deal a lot with spiritual abuse issues, but just trying to keep informed uh, was one of the things that I read was that when the um, when a social worker is trying to determine if a child is being molested, the number one thing they look for is substance abuse in the father, either alcohol or drugs. Mm-hmm. The number two thing they look for is a, a parents that belong to a traditional church and adhere to a traditional tr- uh, family structure. Now, that was sobering. And I went, how can that be? What? But it it's easy to to see because what happens in church is you got church leadership. There's several things here going on. Number one, they don't want the stigma of having a molester in their congregation because that's going to make people not want to come if that gets to be a reputation. Number two, they're primarily about forgiveness and keeping the family together. And so they tend to bring the victim and the perpetrator together and, and talk it through and think that they've changed something just because they talked about it. And then they say, everybody forgive everybody, and we're going to keep the family together. And then they put the victim right back into the hands of the perpetrator, Oh my! which is usually a parent. And all that happens is that the perpetrator, well, two things happen. The perpetrator gets better at hiding it. This oh happened to my wife uh, with her first husband. Uh, their daughter was molested and from the time she was one year old. And they went in and talked to the pastor. I mean, my wife found out about it, and he cried and showed great remorse and so on. And then the, the abuse went on for another 10 years without oh anybody knowing it. My, my. Um, and so then, but the other thing that happens is that the victim comes out of that believing that not even God's going to protect me. Oh, my. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I really, really wish that the church leaders would become better educated on this subject Absolutely. so they know what to look for and how to deal with it. Oh, my. Uh, and, and, I mean, it's prevalent. It's epidemic oh my. in the churches. Mary, Mary Benny Williams, a quick thought on this, because I know you got to okay, get going. I have, uh, I, I, as I said in my talk time, I have two women that we are planning to rescue them, and one of them was abused by her own biological dad, at the age of six till she was 12 or 13 years. And she Mm -hmm. went and told her mom every single day, her mom will not believe. And she went through that abuses, and they went to a very good church. And so she had that in the back of her mind that, you know, that she went was very angry with God because God allowed this to happen to her because her dad was a very well-recognized person in the church, and they used to go to church every single Sunday and Bible study, so that's why she she went away from God. Okay, a a 30-second word of encouragement to pastors, Mary Benny, and also that same word of encouragement from you, Don Envelson, and then uh, we're going to get about uh, deal with some of your other topics. My friends, uh, Don has written a book called The Kingdom from Creation to the Millennium, and we're going to talk a lot, lot about the things that are going on there. This Evil is one of those things. So quickly, uh, Mary Benny, a word to pastors and leaders in churches. 
Yeah, pastors, I would love to reach out to you that if you need your congregation to be taught and, do, you know, uh, if it is on Sunday morning or other time, I am available to come and talk more on this because the churches need to be aware what's going on. We can't just blindfold ourselves and say, no, this is not happening in my church. Yes. No, every church is happening because we are still in the world and the devil is after our kids and our church. Okay, quick website. Again, my website is the Miklag Project, and my phone number is six four six seven two four the Miklag Project M I Q L A T. Very good, Mary Benny. Thank you, Mary Benny Williams. Very very pleasing to talk with you and give us some insights. Uh, quick before we jump into some of your other stuff, Don. Uh, what do what are your words for uh, pastors and leaders? Uh, number one, just educate yourself. And there's a lot of resources, uh, like my wife's website, overcomingsexualabuse.com. I'll say it again. She's got resources there that you can just start to get a feel of what goes on. But know that there, the healing is something that is necessary. And a lot of times when people come to talk to my wife, the first thing that they go through is, you don't think I'm crazy? You're actually listening to me? You actually believe me that I was abused? My. Um, that alone is just... <laughs> Um, it's liberating. I don't know how else to put it. it. It's amazing how just that single thing of stop and listen and and don't question it. Actually, listen to what's being said. Oh my! Because that healing is so important, and it but it can happen. Yes. Uh, my wife's working with people all the time. They're just remarkable stories of healing, and how God has delivered people. And uh, so I would just encourage pastors just just listen, pay attention. Yes. Educate yes. yourself. Thank you, Don. Um, <clears throat> we've got a, enough time for you to do a quick promo for the coming segments. We're going to talk about a lot of things and your book, The Kingdom from Creation to the Millennium. We're going to talk about uh, the, the enemy's strategies. And it looks to me, Don, as I look at the news and I realize as I, as I pray, the enemy's strategies are full force right now. And they're not even they're not even doing head fakes anymore. It's straight between the eyes. We're going to talk about some of those things. Um, in the next segment, so a quick encouragement, and then we're going to take a break and come on back with my newfound friend, Don Ennevoldsen. I'll get there eventually, my friend. We'll talk about how we met as well. So a quick uh, insight about what we're going to do, and then we will take a break. Well, the kingdom itself, I mean, we'll talk about what it primarily means, but it has to do with the rule of God, and it's the rule of God through his people. We are here to represent God, and that is really the key element we have to understand is that God does things through us, which means we have a tremendous amount of responsibility right. in terms of how we affect the world around us. This, this whole sex trafficking thing, human trafficking, that that's just one aspect yes. where we need, we, and we can't ignore it, we can't just close our eyes to it. We have to deal with the issues around us and not hide our heads in the sand and hope that we're going to get raptured out of here before anything bad happens. My. There's just so much more to it than that. Oh, so we're going to talk about those things which are much more to it than that. We're going to define what that means. But my listening friend, I want you to take notes about this because Don is remarkable. Uh, there's so, when you look at his list of things that he does and has done and the books that he's written, you'll realize that he's not just a passive minister of the of God's word he has dug deeply and you and I are going to benefit to from some of the nuggets that he has dug into when Don Enevelson and Kaz I hope I did was even close Don <laughs> we'll also tell you how we'll also tell you how we met you'll enjoy that as well when we come right back more come together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on K Praise 
Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, welcome back. Welcome back, my friends, to Come Together San Diego, an invigorating uh, two-hour broadcast, to say the least. Uh, We've got a a man on for the remainder of this hour to tell us some things about what's going on in the world right now and how it fits in with the kingdom from creation to the millennium. His name is Don Envoltsen, and um, he and I became friends a a month or so ago, I guess, when there was a conference in San Diego, and he was here uh, with a number of other authors, and they did an event in Spring Valley, the Spring Valley area, and so... Um, on, we did a live broadcast, a remote broadcast from there, and he was one of the guests. And as soon as he was cracking jokes and I was cracking jokes, and we both equally laughed and d- disdained each other's jokes equally. So I go, this guy I like. So, Don, uh, you and I have been friends. <laughs> you and I have been uh, friends ever since. You are the uh, founder and director of CounterThought.org and so many other things that you've been working on. Um, really speak, and you've you're a number of, written a number of books as well, but the one that we're talking about today is The Kingdom from Creation to the Millennium. Where would you like to start with this? Oh, gosh. Uh, well, first of all, it's just a great pleasure to have met you face-to-face. June 4th was when we actually met, mm-hmm. and we had talked on the phone before and, and all that, but uh, that was such a great event and i i know there's some plans in the work to do something else kind of an offshoot of that and i don't there's no details ready yes. yet to share but it's coming so just let your listeners know yes um the uh the, the other three authors actually four people that were with me there and we did a panel discussion we did a little booklet called kingdom calling yes and it was a really really short version of what the kingdom is <laughs> but, yes um but this book, The Kingdom, this is a lifetime of study and living out my faith and learning how it works and getting a really good feel of what God's purpose in this world is. And I finally, after decades of this, I was able to sit down and put it all on paper. And just, it's sort of a, this is how I think the world works. This is what I think God is trying to do in the world. And it, it revolves around his people and what he wants his church to do. So, wow. um he had, it revolves around his people and what he wants his church to do. Pay close attention to these words that Don is giving you. Uh, it has everything to do with his people and his church. And let me ask you this question, Don. How so? Well, there's so many aspects of this, and a, and a lot of what I think I'm going to say here isn't even in the book. But, um, for example, one of the things in Revelation that always fascinated me, the book of Revelation in chapter 7, there's that list of the 144,000. Yes, and most people read over that and they go, well, it's 12,000 from each of the tribes of Israel, and then there's a multitude of Gentiles associated with them, and they don't really talk too much about what it is. But when you look at that list, that 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe, the way that that is presented is in the same form as the census that was taken back, a couple of them actually, back in Numbers chapters 1, 2, and 3. And it's interesting because a census in Israel, they weren't actually allowed to count people unless there was some good reason to. Mm-hmm. In other words, in the first census they did in Numbers, they only counted the um, the warriors. They didn't count any of the Levites. And then they counted all the Levites. But when they were counting the warriors, they were getting ready to invade the Promised Land. So they had to get them counted, sorted out, organized into the right units oh so that everybody knew their place and what they were doing. 
They didn't need the Levites for that. When they counted the Levites, it's because they were getting ready to institute yes. the tabernacle the ta- worship, and they needed yes. to organize them, get everybody in the right place. So when we see this in Revelation in the same form, it means that the church is not raptured out of this. The church is being counted and organized and put in place so that the church can do the work of proclaiming the gospel. My. In other that's, words, certain you know, different people have different specialties and different callings, and uh, exactly. the Lord is helping us understand that so we can properly prepare for our calling. Yeah, and then, then this gets back to, and this is in the book, this is the very beginning of the book and kind of the foundation of it. Um, when we go back to Genesis, for me it was always intriguing. I, I'm one of those guys that always ask questions. All through high school I drove teachers crazy. Like, <laughs> why, why, why? I was, that was me. Uh, you know, and especially in Sunday school, it wasn't enough to know, well, you know, God did this for you. I want to know, well, why did he do it? <laughs> like, exactly. They often couldn't answer me. But um, the question, why did God create man? And you hear people talk about it. It's usually something along the lines of to fellowship with him forever, something like that. Very vague and doesn't mean a whole lot. But Genesis one twenty six to 28 tells us very specifically why God created human beings. And it's all wrapped up in the let us make man in our likeness and our image. Actually, I think it's image and likeness. But those two words, um, likeness is the word demuth, and image is the word in Hebrew, selim. And those were actually used in at least one other place that we know of in the ancient world outside of the Bible. It's used a couple times in the Bible where those two words are together. But without going into a lengthy dissertation on it, uh, there's in um, near the Euphrates River, there's a statue that was uncovered of an ancient Assyrian provincial governor named Haduithi. And in this inscription, it uses those two words together. And there's it's Akkadian and Aramaic together, so we can make the connection with the words and see how they were used about the time that Genesis was written. Likeness right. has to do with the, the vertical image or relationship that this king had with his God. He would stand before the God, he would worship his God, he would take on the character of the God. And then image had to do with horizontal relationships. Once he'd taken on the likeness of his God, he would turn to his kingdom and become the visible image of that God to his kingdom. Oh, my. Oh, my. Now that's exactly, exactly the same use of those words in Genesis. They put together the same way. The horizontal so and the vertical, the vertical and the horizontal. Well, you know what? They, yeah, you, if you step back and you put the vertical and the horizontal together, what you have, you have the cross. <laughs> I love so it. Indeed. <laughs> that is so true. Uh, but the idea of likeness, I stand before God, I worship him, I pray, I study his word, I become as like him as I can be. I take on his character. And then I turn to the world and I become what they see of God. When they see me, they should see God. Oh this is what Jesus said later, wasn't it? You know, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes. Well, he expected us to say, well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father too, because we're supposed to take on that role. And this is the beginning of the kingdom of God. This kingdom message wasn't something Jesus introduced just kind of out of the blue uh, as well, this is going to be my tagline. I'm going to preach the kingdom of God. This was something that had been around since creation. Yes. And the idea was that God created people and specifically put us on the earth to act as his vice regents, to be his representatives, to administer this world on his behalf and at his direction. Well, wouldn't you say, as you step back, because Jesus is coming soon to a world near you, he needs to have, <laughs> he needs to have his people uh, ready to administrate uh, kingdom uh, 
principles. And right now we're kind of on our heels going, what was it? And so we'll talk a little bit more about that. And then I have just a little brief message I need to give to people to do a little business. And then I'll hand it back to you for the remaining three or four minutes of this segment. Okay. Then the, uh, well, the idea is that if we represent him, we're not supposed to wait till then. We're supposed to be doing that right <laughs> exactly. Now. Practice, practice, That's practice. The point. This is right here, right now. Yes. We're supposed to be doing this, and and for the most part, the church has two reactions when they look at the chaos in the world. We look at the politics. We listen to the news. They either hide their heads and say Christians shouldn't be involved in politics, so I'm just going to go stay in my church and you know read the Bible. Or they become so afraid that they go into a kind of a defensive mode, like, you know, what am I going to do when the end comes? And, uh, you know, we just get so terrified. Whereas in the kingdom of God, we are supposed to be actively administering God's uh, rule in this earth, meaning we become like God. And what's the first thing we see God doing in Genesis 1, 1 and 2? We see him hovering over chaos and bringing order into it. Oh, my, that's beautiful. Can can we talk about, I, I would like to dig more deeply into this in the remaining yeah. uh, segments of the show. I've got a little bit of business to do here, and then you and I are going to yeah. give people an insight on what's going on in the last uh, half hour of the show. My listening friend, I want to speak to you just a little bit about um, every once in a while what we like to do when things are going on in San Diego County that are of importance. I like to make mention of it. And <clears throat> this lady named Sandra Burkhart, she's a pastor um, at Beach Chapel in Encinitas, uh, she has begun or is starting Liberty Christian Academy in Encinitas, and it's a homeschool co-op. Uh, Beach Chapel is allowing them to use their campus for classes, and it's going to be kicked off on September 6th for K through 12. So if you want to find out more information regarding that, it's www.LibertyChristianAcademySD.org. That's www.LibertyChristianAcademySD.org. Find out more about that. It's time for you to make a change in the way school is administered, and this is one of those ways to do that. And uh, I appreciate Sandra Burkhart. She's been uh, uh, involved in this ministry for all the four years that we've been on the air. So, But, you know, Don, we talk about different things of people getting involved in being whom God has called them to be. Uh, Education is one of those things, so many other things as well. Mm -hmm. Give me 30-second tease about what we're going to do in the last half hour. My (laughs) listening friend, I want you to be ready to take notes, Don. Yeah, this is going to be good. And the volts, and yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 sure. So what are we going to do in the last two segments? We're going to talk about how it is that we do that, and it, it has to do with, I mean, prayer is going to be one of the central elements. So we're going to learn how the authority that God gave us enables us to pray aggressively and effectively to change the world around us. And that's probably going to be one of the most important aspects of this that we can look at. Yes. Um, especially talking about how much authority human beings have and and how aggressive we're supposed to be in that. I mean, I remember this is I attribute this to Jack Hayford. I heard him say it in 1973 um, or 72. It was a citizen of the kingdom of God is someone commissioned by God to live on the earth and kick the hell out of it. <laughs> I like that. We're going to talk more about that and other <laughs> things as well. Let me read to you what I have here written in my notes. This is up next. We're going to define uh, obedience as alignment with the design that God made you, your design rather than submission to rules. And I've been hearing this topic from uh, many different sources, which means that it's God's 
message for the now, mm-hmm. how to act based on God, how God designed us rather being than being submission, submissive to rules. I mean, a lot of people in the church environment, they go, well, I'm just going to do what the pastor says and I should be good to go. No, 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 no. We're going to talk more about that when Don Envoltsen and Kaz come right back. <laughs> This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Well, welcome back, my friends. And we're excavating a book called The Kingdom from Creation to the Millennium. Uh, Don Edevoldsen, he's a, a newfound friend, but I think we have such common denominators, especially in our corny humor, that I think this relationship is going to last for a long time. <laughs> Ain't that right, Don? I think you're right. And then let me give a quick plug to your book, because I, after we met, uh, I got a copy of One World for One Church, or One Church for One World, and read it. And what a powerful message. I really encourage people to get that and read it. And one of the things you said is that a lot of the things that I talked about are similar to the, your points of view in so many things. Yeah. By the way, my listening friend, this man is the founder and director of counterthought.org. That's counterthought.org. And uh, he currently works with uh, the family offices. It's a ministry devoted to fostering healthy marriages and families. He and his wife, uh, Christina, reside in a place called Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, at the at the break, I mentioned something that you wrote, which is very captivating, and it is there's a difference between being aligned with God's design rather than being in submission to rules. And a lot of people that call themselves Christian, they go, well, I've, I, you know, I've been good, and I've submitting to the rules as I understand them, or as my pastor has explained them, that is really not what God wants us to do. We've been designed for a certain purpose and a certain time. My listening friend, this is that certain time, and God wants us to discover and work and function within his specific purpose. I'm going to hand the baton to you, Don Endevolson. Well, amen to all of that. It's part of our problem for for the two millennia that the Church has existed has been that we've looked at these laws of God and tried to follow them, and it's really impossible. None of us can really do it. Um, and what was liberating for me was when I started to realize that this wasn't really what God had in mind. That's not why he gave us those rules. Uh, they're more like, it has to do with alignment with design. And, and the example I use, uh, my wife and I, we lived in Los Angeles for a while, and I used to come back over to Phoenix periodically, and there was a couple we stayed with, um, and we'd always, one of the nights that we were here, we would always go out to dinner. So the husband had a King Cab diesel pickup. So one night we drove to a restaurant, had dinner, had a nice time talking. Driving back, he stopped at a gas station to uh, refuel. And for some reason, the nozzle on the gas pump had green plastic around it, which usually means diesel. And he accidentally filled his diesel tank with gasoline. Ay, <laughs> And, you know, we, we got back in, started driving, and, and it wasn't sudden. two blocks before that that truck started making some of the most awful noises you've ever oh heard. Oh, my. And all of a sudden, the, the husband, he, he realized what he'd done. He slapped his forehead, pulled over. We had to call a tow truck and then call a cab, and we eventually got home. Now, what this is, is that truck came from the manufacturer with some commandments, like, thou shalt not put gasoline in a diesel engine. <laughs> What's the verse on that again? <laughs> uh, I think it's in Hezekiah. <laughs> oh, my. Or maybe but, somewhere uh, where it's the wheel within a wheel. Who knows? 
somewhere there. Well, it's yeah, it's wrapped up in Exodus, but you have to read between the lines to see it. <laughs> but um, what what didn't happen is interesting. Nobody came out from Detroit and knocked on his door and said, "You broke the commandments," and smashed him, smacked him in the face. That didn't happen. What did happen was the truck broke down because it was not designed to work that way. Now, we got to start thinking of when God tells us these commandments and how he wants us to live, it's not because it's some arbitrary rule that he's just watching us like a policeman. It's because he knows how he made us. And if we want to live effectively and peacefully and health in health, we got to do it the way we were designed. That's what these commandments are all about. Well, that takes a lot of the burden off, you know, worrying about God smacking me because I got out of line. It's more like God saying, no, that's not going to work if you do that. <laughs> you're going to be miserable. You're going to get hurt. You're going to hurt other people. You need to do it my way. Yes, and so overlay so that with where, where we are as believers in the world today. Overlay that with missteps that we can make because we're dealing with the submission to those rules versus the alignment of the design. Overlay well, that. It, first of all, we get legalistic about it, for one thing, yes. because we try and follow it as rules. We miss our purpose because we're not really in sync with how God created us. Uh, individually and corporately as churches. We miss what it is that God's called us to do. We're not representing him because if we represent him, we're going to be bringing forth life everywhere we go. And that's one of the things he told Adam and Eve. He said, I'm making you like me so that you can represent me. That's likeness and image. And I'm going to give you dominion authority so that you can bring forth life in this world. Not just having children, but just life. You're going to teach people how to live, how to grow, how to uh, fit in and and really feel at peace with yourself and with the people around you. And you're going to be able to impart that life to others by bringing order out of the chaos, for one thing. Now, people who don't do that, and, and this gets into what the kingdom's about. The kingdom, by definition, just means God's in charge. Because if God is king, we do what he says. Yes. We do it his way. That's how we know he's king. If we're not doing it his way, it doesn't how many doesn't matter how many Bible verses and religious phrases we attach to it. He's not king. So you're saying that the, the submission to the, to the rules is studying the Bible verses and basically what the the word says without really applying the design component in it. And that 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 basically you're talking about legalism. Is that what you're talking about there, Don? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's a big part of what happens. Um, but it all comes about because we don't want God to be king. Nobody likes to be told what to do. And from the very beginning in the Garden of Eden, that's what Adam and Eve, that was their problem. Uh, God said, don't touch this fruit. And they did because they thought they knew better. <laughs> and, yes. and ever since, and the thing is that sin always has consequences. Galatians 6, 7, don't be mocked. God's not deceived. Um, you know, he's not mocked. It, don't, let me get that right. Don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. And we cannot change that. But you see all around us in our society, what woke culture is, is trying to break the design and do things, you know, I'm going to identify as a different gender. I'm going to try and and do whatever kind of sin you can think of, and it's not going to affect me. And we're going to try and eliminate the consequences of those sins by getting laws passed that make it hate speech if I say somebody's not doing what the Bible says. Mm. Problem is, the results still stay there, no matter what. Yes. I mean, this, this is what, uh, I mean, we talk about something like gay marriage, for example. Well, God loves gay people. That's not really the issue here. The issue is that the Leviticus 
the law against homosexuality has to do with the ability to procreate and create life. You can put two gay men in a room for years. They will never produce a child. It just doesn't work. And in biblical terminology, that makes it an abomination because it doesn't work. It's a violation of the design. And we can't avoid the consequences. And that's a blatant example, but pick any sin you want. Just go through the Ten Commandments. We weren't designed to lie. When we lie, what happens? Something goes wrong. You know, this isn't that complicated (laughs) as much as we try and make it complicated. But God created us to represent Him, and He created us to work in a certain way. And the the sooner we start living in alignment with our design, the happier we will be and the better off our world will be. Yes. So in the next segment, I want you to zero in a little bit more on this topic and other topics as well. I'll tell you what, we need to bring you back for a full two hours, and you and I can— a chat about so many different things. But I, I, I want you to spend a little bit of time in the next segment paying off what, you know, a lot of, and I wanted you to talk to people in churches and the pastors of these churches uh, who might themselves think that they're doing what is written in the Word, but they're misappropriating the design that God has for them and us. We're in a time frame right now, my listening friend, I know Don will agree with me, where we have to listen and obey, but is tied to his character, and the written Word is invaluable, but only when you apply it to his, his character and apply his character to your character. So, Don, in the next segment, I, I'm sure you'll help pay this off. This is going to kind of set the stage for future shows that you and I do as well. Uh, a quick 30-second encouragement on where we're going in the next and what will be the last segment. Don? Well, now it comes down to you are a citizen of the kingdom of God. What does that look like, and how do you do it? Yes. And as I said, we're, we need to talk briefly about prayer and about authority and how that works and see that. You know, we're not just here by accident. God created every one of us uniquely so that we could work together to affect this world in a way that no one else can. Um, that's it. I mean, God knows what he was doing. <laughs> that's right. And, and you, you know, you talk about vertical and you talk about horizontal. When the vertical and the horizontal come together, then you have this thing that God has always desired, this one new man, one new creation mm-hmm. to work in tandem horizontally and vertically. And then you are functioning based on his alignment with design. We'll talk more about that in the last segment uh, when Don Envelson and Kaz come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. And welcome back, my friends. This hour went so quickly with my co-host, Don Envoltsen. And uh, Don, I'm, I'm, can I brag on you for just a second? Do you mind if I do that? Sure. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Yeah. Uh, well, well, okay. <clears throat> my listening friend, let me just tell you a little bit about this man. He's the founder and director of Counterthought.org. I want you to write that down, Counterthought.org. It's probably also going to help you uh, get connected with one of his, or more of the multitude of books that he's written. The one we're talking about right now is called The Kingdom from the Creation to the Millennium. And there, let me just give you a few of the other titles because you may want to go look these up as well. I mean, this man is captivating in, in his topics. Um, one of the topics is uh, The Wealth of the Wicked. Another title is Friends, Family, and Other Enemies. <laughs> Simple <laughs> Prayer. And here's another one. Now, on these two commandments, 
And here's another one for you, hazards of forgiveness. These are commanding topics. And Don doesn't just go passively into these things. He gives a, a remarkable point of view like very few others can do. So, Don, that's you. And counterthought.org is one of the ways to find out more about these things. Okay, we're setting the stage here. We have, uh, you know, this last segment to go. And but by you talking about design versus uh, doing just the rules, there's a level of urgency. We're built for such a time as this, wouldn't you say, Don? And it's time for us to be whom we've been called to be and be activated. Please lay it on us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And this, I mean, let, let me talk to leaders for a second, because you look at uh, pastors, especially, I, I can remember Ephesians chapter four, um, or, I mean, where it talks about the gifts that Jesus gave the church, which are apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. And I thought, well, I'm in there, right? And, and I looked at why it is that he gave those things. Well, it's for the uh, edification or the building up of the body, for the work of the ministry, uh, for the perfecting of the saints. And so I thought, well, those are three things I'm supposed to do. But that's not really the way it's read in the original. There's no commas in the original. Oh, my. Uh, the perfecting of the saints, that's actually the first one, perfecting the saints for the building up of the body. Um, perfecting is the Greek word katartizo, and it's, it's not the word that's usually translated perfecting. That one means bringing to completion, and it does have that idea, but it's actually a medical term. It has to do with setting a broken bone or replacing a disjointed socket or, in general, the idea of arranging things in the right order. So the reason why pastors and other leadership functions are given to the church is to help people find their place, arrange them in the right order so that they can figure out what God called them to do, and in the context of of this community of believers— do what God created them to do, which is the work of the ministry, That's right. which will build up the body of Christ. And if there ever was so, a time, Don, now must be that time. We must be activated into that. Go ahead. Yeah, this this nation and this world, this our nation, our nation is in peril right now. I mean, anybody who watches the news should know that. And it's not going to be saved by people sitting in church and singing hymns and waiting for the pastor to do something. It's not going to be saved by church programs. It's going to be saved by people who, in the workplace, are living the kingdom of God, are living that that life where they bring the order of God into the very place where they work, their home. They, they're sharing with their neighbors. They're affecting the community. It's people who've learned how to pray and how to live in such a way that they impact the world. Uh, and we have to do it proactively. This isn't something that just happens because we happen to be there. We have to think about what we're doing and consciously be actively trying to bring the rule and the order of God into this world, or we're doomed if we don't do that. Uh, I think part of why the, the country is in the chaos that it's in is because the church has just simply not done its job. Uh, we've been too busy building programs and trying to get people into our building, and this isn't going to be one in the church building. It's going to be one out on the streets. Say that again. Won't be one. Please say that again. Listen to this, this my friends, and listen to this, my pastor friends. I mean, if you think it's all going to happen within the confines of your four walls, wrong-o. Go ahead. One more time. Absolutely. This This battle that we are in will not be won inside the church building. It will be won out on the streets, period. And if we don't wrap our heads around that, we are in trouble. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. Uh, we're we're going to have to learn how to think aggressively. We're going to have to learn how to tear down the strongholds of the enemy. We're going to have to learn how to proclaim the will of God. And and really, this is, and we talk about prayer. This is what it comes down to. We talk about the Lord's Prayer, for example, um, 
one of my favorites. <laughs> Everybody knows it, and nobody really understands it. You know? Yes. Um, and we were to go through it very quickly. You know, our Father, this is based on a relationship. This is not based on how good I am. God doesn't answer my prayers because I can quote a lot of Bible verses. He answers my prayers because I'm his child and he wants to. Oh, nice. It's just based on that relationship. Who art in heaven, this is a spiritual battle. This is not a physical battle. And so there's no way you can forcefully get people into the kingdom of God. It is a spiritual thing, and it has to deal with spiritual strongholds. And we need to understand that our weapons are spiritual. And that means a lot of prayer isn't going to be involved in this. Um, hallowed be your name. That, that word hallowed is in Greek is hagia, same word as, as holy. And so when I say holy be your name, well, God's name is representative of his character. And and his purpose. And when I say holy is your name, I'm, I'm saying that I'm setting it apart as important. I'm going to make your purposes, God, my number one focus as I'm praying. And we get down to the real core of that prayer and how it is that we're supposed to pray. It's, it's words that people just kind of read over. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And how many times do we just roll that off our tongue and don't even think about it? That's right. But those are basically saying your kingdom come means let your rule come. Let things be done your way. And to do that, I have to know what his way is. I that's have to right. know what his will is. And you and have to know you have to know his character, not just the rules, his character. You have to know his character. You have to know him. You have to. I mean, there's so many aspects yes. of this, and we could spend two hours just talking about that. So I'm really just barely hitting the highlights here. But when it says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, the, the essence of effective prayer is the ability to start looking into heaven and seeing what God's doing. Because if I can see that, then I use the authority I have as a as the dominion authority that he gave human beings in Genesis. I can take that authority and speak as a command what God wants me to do. Say that again. Speak and as a command, not just happen. a passive comment. Speak with with the authority that's been given you. We've been given that authority to do it. It's time to start practicing exactly. it. Isn't it, Don? Yeah, and, and we, we tend to think so much, oh, God, please just do this. Help yes. me. Oh, you know. And that's not what he had in mind at all. He's talking about conquerors who go forth and proclaim his will as though they mean it and they have the authority to do it. Uh, the, the raising of Lazarus is one of my favorite stories because, you know, we go through the whole thing. Jesus gets there, they roll the stone back. And <clears throat> Jesus stands in front of this open tomb and he lifts his eyes to heaven and he says something that we would think of as a prayer. Uh, Father, I thank you that you have glorified your son and I knew that you always would. And then he says something remarkable. He says, but I don't say these words for the benefit of those who are standing around, so they'll know that it's you that's doing this. In other words, none of that was his prayer. His prayer consisted entirely of two words, or three words, Lazarus, get up. That was his prayer. <laughs> oh, my. Yes, yes, The rest yes. of it was just for the benefit of the people listening. So when I'm praying and I'm going, yeah, dear Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, all of that, that's not doing anything to God. That's for the benefit of the people around me so that they know by what authority I'm doing it. That's mm -hmm. not the prayer. The prayer is I've looked into heaven, and Jesus, Jesus looked into heaven, and he saw Lazarus alive. And he said, this is the Father's will, and I demand that it happen. Lazarus, get up. Oh my! I mean, that that's the way he prayed, and if we can start to get that attitude, just think what that would do to the way that we affect the world around us through our prayer. Yes. And and just, and then one further thing in the couple of minutes we have left. Actually, um, one minute. So I'm going to give it to you, and then we'll close the show. Okay. Go ahead. Um, 
in the book of Revelation, again, there's that in chapter eight, there's that where it says silence for half an hour. Yes. And I can remember when I was teaching Revelation, and I I didn't know what to do with that verse. I said, God, why is there silence? Everywhere else in heaven, there's just lots of noise and music and singing and shouting. And why silence? <clears throat> and God said, well, continue reading. Well, the next thing that happens is an angel comes out with a censer of coals. And he pours incense, which is mixed with the prayers of the saints, and they go up. And then the trumpets start blowing and mm. things start happening. And God said, you need to know that nothing happens until my saints pray it or speak it into being, using the authority I gave them to be my representatives and command my will to happen. And that prayer is so important that I silence even the worship that goes on in heaven so that I can listen. Oh, my. Boy, oh, now, boy, I don't know oh if that's boy. a prophetic word, but God said it to me very clearly, and I have never discounted the importance of prayer since. Yes, and, but prayer is more than just saying a passive comment or a scripture and then going on to other things. It is owning it, absolutely owning it. It's, exactly. time, for, it's time for us to go here. I'll give you 30 seconds to communicate with our listening friends and be that, uh, that voice of... Uh, encouragement to every listener out there, because it is time for us to not only uh, understand Scripture, but obey Scripture and live Scripture and live the character of God within those Scriptures. 30 seconds and then I got to go, Don. The, The encouragement would be this. Do not live in fear. When you listen to the news, it's easy to get scared, but we are more than conquerors. Let's take that verse seriously and know that no matter what is facing us, we're going to come through it victorious one way or another. That's right. And it comes by tapping into the will of God and doing it the best we know how and being bold about it. That's right. We need a church that becomes bold. That's right. We have not been, and we need to be. Very good. And my listening friend, counterthought.org, counterthought.org. Uh, Don Enavolson. And my listening friend, you need to know this. Next week, I'm going to do a broadcast that I pre-recorded. It is with a man whom I met, whom I've known for some years in Israel. Um, His name is Adam Eliyahu Berkowitz, Israel 365 News. You want to know what's going on in America, understand what's going on in Israel, and there's a parallel to that as well. So, Don Enavolson, thank you very much for joining me. Next week, my friend, we're going to be going to and through Israel and find out what's going on there to understand what's going on here. God bless you guys, and Don, thank you for joining me on this remarkable hour. Come together, San Diego. We say God bless you, and Don, God bless you and your team as well. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on KPraise. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.